This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. the scripture says that God would have all men, including women, everywhere pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Let's just, if you would, just lift up your hands for a moment. Let's just believe and thank God because He's heard our prayer. He's at work in Passion Church. Hallelujah. We're not praying for God to do something in us. He's already doing something in us. The Bible says that God is at work in you, both the will and the do of His good pleasure, that you are complete in Him. Greater is He that is in us than He that's in the world. Father, right now, we just take a moment. We lift up holy hands. We bless Your name. We bless Your name. We bless Your name. We thank You that You're at work in Passion Church. You're at work in us. We are salt. We are light. We are your people. We're called by your name. We're washed in the blood. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're filled with the spirit of might and power. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. Father, in understanding, I thank you, Father, that your power is at work in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We lift up holy hands without doubting. Oh, Father, we do not look to the flesh, but we look to the Spirit. We look to the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the blood, for the name, for the Spirit, for the Word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Well, can you say amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, you may be seated in the presence of God. I want to welcome you this morning. Glad you braved the cold and got out here. So good to see you. Hallelujah. You know, I, I was uh, thinking about uh, the other day, I was praying. You know, uh, in the church, you know, here at Passion Church, we emphasize prayer, as you know, all the time. And I'm a big believer in prayer, so don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we can go down praying. See, that sounds, at first, that sounds, well, no, now we can't, you know, if we're praying. But here's the thing. If we're praying for something God's already given us, you can go down. I don't get up every day and pray for God to save me. I was saved 40-something years ago, and I just thank Him for it. You know, sometimes we're praying for God to come by and move, but, you know, God says He's already at work in us, both the will and the do of His good pleasure. Isn't that right? The greater one's in us. God didn't say, pray that you might become salt and light. He said, you are salt and light. Isn't that right? So I believe in prayer, but sometimes, you know, we can pray in such a way that, you know, and, and here's the thing, if you pray for something God's already given you, the more you pray about that, uh, the, the further away it seems. Are you listening? So, you know, there are things that we need to give thanks to God for, what that which He has already done. You know, and sometimes we just need to stir ourselves up. And remember, I, you know, I look a whole lot better in Jesus than I do out of Him. And I think sometimes the reason we get caught up in praying those kind of prayers is because we're looking at ourselves and our brothers and sisters outside of Christ rather than in Him. Amen. Paul says, I no longer know anybody after the flesh. Isn't that right? 
So we're in Christ Jesus. We know one another what? After the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit, let us also live by the Spirit. Isn't that right? So let's speak to one another, you know, on, on spiritual terms. Let's declare to people, even if they, it looks like they're feeling down, just, you know, just declare. Isn't it great, brother, sister, that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world? Isn't it great that God has already said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? There's nothing too big. There's nothing that's coming my way. There's nothing that's come into my life that He's not bigger than. Hallelujah. And He and I together are working on victory right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're glad that you're here. I want to share scripture as we prepare to give of our, our tithes, our offerings this morning. This is a spiritual principle. I'm sharing it here at this time, but it's true about every area of our life. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, God says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. Now, you know this, this where he says willing and obedient. You know, those are the two issues that we deal with in our Christian walk. Isn't that true? Willing having to do what? With the internal attitude the internal motivation, which should be what faith and love working in us. And you know, I, I've had to get a hold of myself sometimes. Have you ever been that way where, you know, I got part of this right? There's been times when I've been willing. You know what I mean? In your heart, you're willing. You're, you've got good intentions. You're, you're willing to do it. But how many know that's not enough? You've got to be what? Obedient. Then there's times when we can be obedient, but we're doing it not with such a good and willing attitude. Maybe there's a little grumble underneath, a little mumble underneath, a little mm, resentment underneath. Come on. And this has to do not only with our giving of our, our, our finances to God, but in everything that we do in our walk and service to God, He says you need to have both of these. Be willing and obedient. Be willing in your heart from a heart of love, a heart of faith, a desire to please God and to serve God and to serve God's people. And then take that step of what? A faith of following it through. So really we see love in the willingness and faith in the obedience. So when you get those two together, he says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to eat the best of the land. Anybody want the best of the land? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, and here's the thing. When I think about best, and a billionaire thinks about best, it's probably a little bit of difference. Come on. So God, the reason I'm bringing that up, God says, from His point of view, you're going to have the best. Not what I think is the best, not what you think is the best for me, but what God thinks is best. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. So we know this, it, you know, in, the, in Psalm 23, it says it's gonna, your cup's going to run over. Hallelujah. It's going to run over. God wants to run over with peace, with joy, with faith, with blessing, with love. But He also wants to, your cup to run over with health, with healing, with, with all the finances that you need for your life and also for the gospel. Now, as you give... I know that you give because you love God. But let me just remind you, you know, our giving 
uh, it, it goes to so many things both here and all around the world. Your giving is making a difference. Are you listening to me? The fact that you're willing and obedient, you're following through with your giving, it's making a difference in the Philippines, in Africa, in, in the, the Caribbean, here at home. Uh, people are being fed. Churches are being started and planted. Uh, gospel workers are being trained and raised up. Orphans are being taken care of and fed and clothed and educated. A lot of good things that are going on by your giving. I just want to remind you uh, that uh, Dr. Vickers, who is, of course, as most of you know, uh, is the founder of our, our of, uh, Passion Church. and he, he has the oversight of all of our campuses. He's going to be going in May to Africa. And I want to just remind you that, among other things, he's going to be working with a regional organization that has 8,000 small groups of approximately 30 people. Now, that's almost a quarter of a million people. They, he's going to help to set up some structures and some systems to facilitate these groups so they can grow more and more. I'm telling you what, with 250,000 people, you can reach a nation. Isn't that right? See, this, there's several other things, but this is one of the things that he's going to be doing over there as well. So I want us, Passion Church here in Montgomery, I want us to do our part. So I want to encourage you, if you want to give to this uh, on your envelope there, uh, there's a missions thing there, and in missions, if you want to uh, give specifically toward this, you can just put uh, Dr. V, or you can put Africa, and we'll know what you mean. And that money will go toward uh, providing the resources. You know, they're going to bring in leaders from all over the nation and, and, and train them and speak with them. Well, they have to, you know, we're, we're going to pay for them to come in. We're going to feed them and house them, and they're going to be uh, given the uh, tools that will help them to go back out and reach uh, you know, their nation and other nations as well. You know, this is what Jesus said. He said the last thing he told us to do, what was going to all the world. Isn't that right? Preach the gospel and make disciples. And so we can't all go to Africa for 30 days, but you know what? We can help send. And those who send and those who go share in an equal reward. And boy, I'm telling you, one day when I stand before God, you know, isn't it going to be great? He's going to say, well, he's, he's, he's going to say, well, you know what, Bunny? You know, you're getting a reward for 10,000 people that were saved in Uganda or in Kenya. And you think, Lord, when, I never went to Uganda or Kenya. Yeah, but you helped to sin. You helped to train those pastors. You helped to train the ones that go. Wow. What about you? But that gets me excited. There's a little more water that's passed under my bridge that's going to come under it. So, you know, I get a little bit more excited about thinking about as we're going to be before the Lord. So this morning as you give, if you want to give especially for that, but above all, you know, let's be willing and obedient, not only in our giving, but in our praying and our serving, whatever God's called us to do. And He said this, this is His promise, you will eat. He said, I will see to it that you eat and have the best of the land. Amen. I want God's best. I'm sure you do too. Father, thank you. Thank you for your encouraging words, Lord, from the prophet Isaiah this morning, that if we be willing and obedient, we would eat the best, the best of the land. Father, this is what I want for Passion Church. I want your best for us. 
your, your best will, your best purpose is coming forth. Father, we, we want to be fruitful, not only here in our city, but reaching out to other nations and cities around the world. I thank you for the faithful people. I thank you for those who serve, who give, who pray. Father, I thank you for their willingness and their obedience. And now, Lord, I declare that they will eat the best of the land in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Sound of a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. Well, also, I want to welcome you. Uh, uh, I neglected it when we were down there, but if you are here visiting, worshiping with us for the first time, we welcome you to Passion Church. We're so glad that you're here. Before you leave today, we've got a 
we've got some uh, information for you out there uh, at our in our lobby at our table. Some information, uh, a little guest bag with some information about Passion Church. We'd love to meet you uh, after the service. Cindy and I will be down front, and we'd love to meet you and greet you and say thank you for coming. And if you have any questions about us and who we are, uh, we'll be happy to answer those. Praise the Lord. Well. Anybody know what we're talking about this month? Building relationships. That's exactly right. You know, God created man for himself, and the whole purpose was that they might fellowship together and develop an intimate relationship. You know, you read over there in Genesis where it says that God came down in the cool of the day and walked with Adam and Eve, didn't he? He fellowshiped with him. That's what we were created for, to know God, to fellowship with God, and to have that personal one-on-one relationship with him. And that's what God wants for all of us. And really, that's what, you know, if somebody, you want to sum up, what's church about? Why is there a church? Why, is, why do we preach the gospel? Why is all that? That's really what it's all about. God wants to reconcile man to himself so that what? He can have family that we can have an ongoing, intimate, day-to-day, life-giving relationship with God. Amen? The, the Westminster, Catech- Westminster Catechism states this. This is after studying the scholars, studying the Scriptures and looking at it very carefully, they, they distilled it down into one statement. The chief end of man is to know God and enjoy Him forever. To know God, to know God. Now, you know, uh, you know, in our casual, everyday meeting and greeting and interaction with people, sometimes we say, do you know so-and-so? And they say, oh, yeah, I know him. But the truth is, what we're saying is, we know something about him. We met them once, or we know, some, know them on a casual basis. We know what they look like when we see them. Uh, we've talked to them a couple of times, or whatever. But... When the Bible talks about knowing, it's something that's much deeper than that. It's much deeper than that. This is where God wants to bring us. And, of course, we know this. Through self-will, man fractured that relationship. And ever since, God has been reaching out. So as we look at it today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Our relationship with God and also a relationship with His family. Because we can't have a relationship with God without also having a relationship with his family. It just doesn't work. You know, I've said this humorously before. You can't come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Norris, I really like you, but man, I can't stand your wife. That, we ain't going to have too close a relationship until that gets changed a little bit, <laughs> or a lot. Isn't that right? And that's the same way with, we understand this with God. It's, it's a package deal with God. This is why it's so important that we stay not only in relationship with God, but we stay in relationship with our brothers and sisters because they're part of the family of God. Isn't that right? The Apostle John, in his epistle, his first epistle, he said, how can you say that you love God whom you've not seen and you hate your brother whom you do know or you have seen? It won't work. Isn't that right? Absolutely. So let's talk about a living relationship with God. If you look in John's gospel, we're going to look at two or three scriptures over in John's gospel, starting in the chapter 17 of John. We want to talk about a living relationship with God. And I say it that way because, you know, 
a lot of times we can, we can have an experience with God, that, that especially the experience we call the new birth, where we, we believed in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that He's the Son of God, that He came, He lived a sinless life. He went to Calvary, and there He shed His blood for the remission of my sins. He took upon Himself my judgment. And all of that, the judgment, the wrath of God fell on him for me. And now I put my faith in him. I believe that God's raised him from the dead. I believe he's the son of God. And I've come into that new birth, that born-again relationship with God. And a lot of times, that's as far as we go. You know, I, I told you humorously, it's like the, uh, you know, the couple, that, they come in for marriage counseling, you know, and, and they sit down and the wife says, you know, he, he never tells me he loves me anymore. Well, I told you that 30 years ago when we got married, he says. Isn't that enough? (laughs) No wonder they have problems. Isn't that true? Same thing with God. It's wonderful that you've had that experience with God and you've been saved, born again. Your sins have been forgiven. That's great. But God wants it to continue on. He wants it to be a current relationship. A living relationship. Here in 17, John 17, 3, notice what he says. Now, this is eternal life. Now, that's, he's got my attention already. Jesus is speaking. That they may know you. What is eternal life? Oh, that means, you know, that, you know, uh, we, go to, we go to the church where, you know, uh, where, where they, you know, they baptize everybody under the water. Oh, no, we go to, that's not, that's not eternal life. We, we go to the church where they sprinkle people. No, we go to the church where they do this or they do that. But Jesus said it wasn't about all these external things. It wasn't about the name on the door of the church. It wasn't about the way the church is, whether they're meeting like this or they're meeting sitting in pews or sitting in chairs or all the ad infinitum stuff that a lot of times we think is important. He said this is eternal life to know God. And if you don't know God, then you might have religion, you might have good intentions, but you don't have eternal life yet. He said, this is what it's about. It's a living relationship. Now, this word know here, I've mentioned it before, but I want to review just a little bit. It's a Greek word, genosko, and it means to know intimately and absolutely. It's like when a husband and wife come together and a child is conceived, to know him. There's life, there's intimacy, there's the knowing of one another, there's face-to-face, as you will, if you will, FaceTime. You know, and as a Christian, if we want to grow in our relationship with God, you know, you need to have FaceTime with God. By it, I mean, there's got to be times when you just shut down everything, and it's just you and Him. You give Him your undivided attention. Are you listening? And... I'm convinced of this, 90% of what we call prayer should be this. See, we've made prayer a laundry list of God what I want, what I need. Well, that has its place, but I want to tell you what, that's not what it's all about. It's about fellowshipping with God. It's about knowing Him. So we've got to cultivate our relationship with God, just like we have to cultivate our relationship with our husband, our wife, our best friends. We have to cultivate. In other words, you have to work at it. Isn't it interesting? I've noticed, you know, even as cold as it is now, I can still see a few weeds that are living. Now, my grass is all brown. 
You ever wondered about that? How, how can that be? The grass died, but these doggone weeds are still living in there, right? I didn't, you know, I don't fertilize them, I don't water them, I don't give them any attention, I don't do anything, and yet they're still there. But you know, in relationships, I found out, you know, and my explanation is because we live in a fallen, <laughs> fallen world that's got that curse of sin on it, and so here's the thing, it has to be cultivated. You know, this spring we got a little raised garden out back. Cindy loves to get out there and plant things and all. But you know what? She has to really get out there and on purpose make things grow. Now, the doggone weeds, they grow whether you're doing that. But the, you have to purpose things you want to cultivate. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. You have to cultivate it. Just because you're a child of God, wonderful. We're happy about that. But that doesn't mean that you're going to have a wonderful relationship with the Father. You have to cultivate it. You have to work at it. It's a spirit-to-spirit relationship. You remember Jesus said in John 4 to the woman at the well, He said, God is a spirit. And those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So when we commune with God, when we fellowship with God, it's spirit-to-spirit. God's not a mind. Now, he's got a mind, but he's not a mind. God's not not intellectually having fellowship with your mind. It's with your spirit, the inner man. Paul called it the hidden man of the heart. It's spirit-to-spirit relationship there. It's spirit-to-spirit fellowship there. You know, I've, I've got my little office at home, whatever you want to call it, office, study, prayer room, whatever. But I get in there, man, and I just, you know, I I begin to pray and just praise God and thank Him for who He is. I put on some worship music, and I just, you know, I set the atmosphere for myself, you know, and I do everything I can to, to help me and to encourage and to cultivate that relationship and that fellowship with God. I'll just worship God, and I'll thank Him for who He is. And, you know, now maybe I'll read some Scripture, and I'll just meditate on that. And I'll, I'll thank God, you know, for the revelation of Jesus as it comes out from the Word. And the Holy Spirit just begins to encourage me and speak things to me. And I'll write those things down, or He'll bring to mind a Scripture. And I'll write those things, and I'll pray over that. And I'll worship Him some more, and I'll just give thanks to Him. Man, and before you know it, an hour's gone. Just having a good time with God. Just fellowshipping with Him. You know, and it's out of that kind of atmosphere that God will begin to reveal His plans and His purposes for your life, for your kids, for your city, for your church, for your nation. And see, when God does that, now all of a sudden you got some fresh stuff to pray about. It's not God just bless me, my wife, our two kids, us four, and no more. Hallelujah, thank you. All of a sudden, you've got things to pray out that God's speaking to you. Man, if you could, you could look on, uh, on my computer, I've got, you know, i got me a file on there. I've got, I mean, I've got words from 25 years ago on there that I'm still praying over. And then I've got some that are fresh for 2018. I've got some that for 2017, for 2016. I've got, man, that God's, why? Because I've got a relationship with God. I'm, God's speaking to me about today. God's speaking to me about next week, about this year, about my family, about you, about this city, about Passion Church. I think the, the reason some Christians, you know, that, you know, 
their, their Christianity is stale is because they're not cultivating a day-to-day relationship with God. It's spirit to spirit. Jesus said this in John 15, turn over there, about, he says, verse 3, he said, you already clean because of the word I've spoken to you, <clears throat> remain in me or abide in me and, and I will remain in you. Verse 5, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me, abides in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. It's a relationship is about abiding, living, living. Didn't God say over there in, in, in both in first and second Corinthians, he said, he said, he said, as I have said, he said, You are the temple of the living God. He said, I will live in you. I will, I will be your God. You will be my people. Listen, God's address is not only in heaven, it's also in you. God's living in you. Let's, let's say this together. God is living in me. God is living in me. Wow. Let's say that one more time. God is living in me. Woo then we don't need to be praying, God, come down and do this and do that. He's right here. He's right here. And see, as we cultivate that relationship, there is a greater and greater consciousness that God is with me in the here and now. Whether it's the here and now good or the here and now not so good, He's still here. He's with me. He's talking to me. I'm talking to Him. He's strengthening me. He's encouraging me. I've got a fresh word from God for today to face all the troubles and trials and any attacks of the enemy. I mean, I know that I know that I know God in me is bigger than all my problems. And whoo, man, you just fellowship with God and you come out of that place and man, you're just, I mean, you know, you're breathing that holy fire. (laughs) Where's that devil at? Come on. We abide in Him. And He said, if you abide in me, He said, and my words abide in you. He said, what? You're going to what? Bring forth much fruit. One of the ways we cultivate that relationship with God is right here. Now, I don't know if you've ever, if you've traveled to another nation or particularly if you've lived in another nation that speaks a different language than English. You go to that Nation, you know, one of the first things I found out years ago when I, when I w- went to Bolivia, they spoke Spanish, I spoke English. There was a language problem. And so when I would be, even though they were brothers and sisters in the Lord, when I first got there particularly, I'd get there, you know, and, and they were saved and I were saved. And they were part of the body of Christ and I was too. But all we could do is smile at one another and kind of nod. And I'd say, God is good. And they'd say, Dios is bueno. And we'd both nod. Neither one of us know what we were saying. But I mean, if you don't speak the same language, it's hard to have fellowship. It's hard to have communion. Listen, this is the language God's going to speak to you. It's from His Word, the Bible. And He says, if that Word is abiding in you, then you know what? You're going to know God's language. The language He's speaking. Now, those of us who've received the empowerment, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we also, we've got a heavenly language that we can speak in. And we can fellowship with God around that. Isn't that true? 
and we should. But I want to tell you what, this word, when God speaks to me, when God fellowships with me, He's continually speaking to me from the Bible. And I'm going, yeah, that's right, Lord, that's, man, that's good. Man, I, and I'll pray about that, and I'll talk to God about that, and we'll fellowship around that, and how God is going to apply that to my life or to Passion Church. Mm. So we fellowship with God, and also this fellowshipping is getting to know the Holy Spirit. Look in John 16, 16, 13. Listen, we need to get to know the Holy Spirit because He's the one that's living in us. Isn't that right? He's the one that's going to guide us into all truth, Jesus said. He says when He comes, He will speak. I'm so glad we're not following a bunch of rules and regulations and uh, all kinds of legalism and all that kind of stuff. We are communing and fellowshipping and following a living God who's living in me and who speaks today. He's speaking about things concerning the kingdom. He's speaking about things concerning me and my life. The Holy Spirit. Look here in John 16. Listen, if you're missing out on this, you know, God help you. If you're just kind of going through the motions, if you're just kind of coming to church on Sunday and then just kind of getting by the best way you can the rest of the week, my dear brother and sister, you're missing it. You're missing the richness of what Jesus came to bring. He's a living God. He's got a fresh word for you today. He's got something new. He wants to speak to you today. He wants to encourage you today. He wants to show you things to come today. Verse 13, but He will guide you, speaking of the Spirit. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own initiative, but He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Well, that might prove to be pretty valuable. Hello? He says He will speak to you about things that are yet to come in your life. That is both the good and positive and perfect will of God for your life that is yet unfolding and also to warn you about things that are going to come against your life. Some of those things you can change through prayer. Some of those things you just get prepared and you're well fortified. And when they come, they don't knock you out. You're ready. The Holy Ghost warned me. Remember Paul over there? Uh, he, he was going back to Jerusalem. And he said, in every place, he said, the Spirit of God is warning me that when I get back to Jerusalem, that there's going to be a test and a trial, that I'm going to be arrested and delivered up, to, you know, to, to go before Caesar. And all the time, for a, a long time there, God was preparing Paul. He was preparing him. He was being strengthened by what God was showing him. His strength, his resilience uh, was being strengthened in him. And when the time came, he was ready. Come on. We don't have to be wimps. God will prepare us. Some things we can change if we pray and we know to pray for it. Some things we may not, but we can be prepared. And it doesn't knock us for a loop. We stand strong with our shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. We say, bless God. I, God in me, I'm, I'm well equipped for this. Instead of a whine, there's a shout. 
I don't know if I'm doing you any good, but I'm helping me. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Man, you get along fellowshipping with God. You open up the Bible. And you just begin to read and stop and pray. Talk to God. Listen. Listen, so much of our, our praying is one-sided. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you know, now don't give any names, don't raise any hands, but do you know some people that, you know, they're precious people, you love them, they're, they're people of God, but man, when you get around them, you can't get a word in edgewise. They do all the talking. Ever, you ever been around? And I mean, and you know, and especially, you know, if they got problems, oh my gosh. And that's all you hear about is what's, what's wrong, what's not right. You know, everything's bad, you know. I mean, even the cat's sick this week. I mean, everything's bad, you know. And, you know, and I wonder sometimes if that's not how God feels when His people come and what we call prayer. And all we ever do, all God ever hears is what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, how He's not on the job, He needs to get with it. God, this ain't, you ain't doing it fast enough. You ain't doing it well enough. What's going on here, God? Man, if he wasn't God, he'd be tired of that. But, you know, can you imagine? Do that on the flip side. <clears throat> Have you got that friend that you just, oh, man, it's just a delight to be with them. You know, you're just there, and there's encouragement. They're, they're, they listen, they talk, you talk, you listen. There's an encouragement. They build, you build one another up. You just feel refreshed when you've been with them. You feel encouraged when you've been with them. You know what I'm talking about? Well, see, that's the way God wants to be. Instead of saying, oh, my gosh, here comes Bill. Oh, Lord. <laughs> know what this session is going to be about. You take this one, Jesus. But can you imagine when there's fellowship there and the Father can't wait? And he's like, wow, here comes Bill. Here comes Susan. Man, boy, I love being with him. Man, that, you know what? There's going to be thanksgivings going to be flowing from them. There's going to be gratitude flowing from them. There's going to be worship flowing from them. Oh, boy. And, boy, have I got some things to tell them. Boy, have I got some good things to let them know to encourage them about what I'm going to do and what I am doing. Wow. This is Christianity, folks, a relationship with God. And you know what? You have to cultivate yours, and I have to cultivate mine. Now, we can encourage one another, but I'm going to tell you what. You've got to build that relationship with God by His Spirit, by His Word, by two-way prayer. <laughs> that means what? I listen. Remember what I said. Anytime we get together with God, who's the smartest person in the room? <laughs> so who, do, who, should we, who should we listen to? I'd rather hear what God has to say than him to hear what I have to say. There's a place for both, but I'd much rather hear what God has to say. God, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? That's what I want to hear. 
That's what I want God. That's what I want to take in. That's what's going to build my relationship, my faith, my love, my hope, my strength, my courage, my patience. And not only for me, but God wants to do enough in me so that what? I have enough to give out to those who do need. Amen. If I'm hanging on by a thread, oh my gosh, don't come to me. Because you're liable to break my thread. (laughs) All right, let's talk about a living relationship with God's family. With God's family. There's an African proverb that goes this way. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. You know, where, you know, the Olympics, this is the Winter Olympics, of course, are coming up. But, you know, in the Summer Olympics, this is a year for the Olympics. In the Summer Olympics, they have all the track and field events. Now, you know what the fastest times registered in the field events always are? What races are always the fastest time? The sprint, where there's one runner running in one lane. That's always the fastest time. Right now, uh, a gentleman by the name of Hussein Bolt is considered the fastest individual in the world. The fastest time is always in the race where there's one-on-one running. You want to go the fastest? Go alone. But when you get up to the 800, 1200, uh, you know, 2,000 meter races, you know what they run? They run in teams. Are you listening? They run in teams. Each one runs a segment and hands off to someone else who runs a segment. Why? Because it's about distance. Now, God has called each of us to run our race, but He's not called us to just run it alone. Are you listening? Now, I want you to listen real carefully about these things I'm going to be sharing with you right now. Because it has to do with the relationship with the family. And, of course, I know if you're visiting today, uh, maybe you have a home church. If you don't have a home church, hallelujah, you do now because welcome home. But especially for us, this, this, is, this is where we meet. This is where we call this part of the body of Christ our home as far as where we, we meet, where God has us planted, where we're, we're building relationships. This is what it's about. Now, you listen to this. Christ presence is revealed through our relationships you know there was a time when I kind of thought that way too and I've heard people say well I don't need anybody but Jesus there was a time when I thought that way but you know what Uh, God began to show me some things from the scriptures and I had to change my way my way to Yahweh (laughs) to his way isn't that right you know here in our culture especially we, we, we really, uh, you know, we champion the individual, don't we? The individual stories of success, the businessman or woman that, you know, came up from nothing, rags to riches story or, you know, became prominent, you know, as an attorney or a judge or something. And we look at that and we think, wow, man, you know, that, that encourages us. And that has its place. But in the body of Christ, it's about relationships. So much so that Jesus said that it's through 
our relationships that he's going to be revealed. Matthew 18 and verse 19, he says, Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Now, he's going to give us the reason why. For, or we could say because, verse 20, because where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. relationship in the body of Christ. He said it reveals the very presence of Jesus is revealed when we come together because he said we're at least two or three are gathered together. He said my presence is there. Wow. That makes my having a relationship with you as my brothers and sisters, that makes it of paramount importance to me. So much so, he said, that in, out of that presence, out of that relationship where his presence is, he said, it's out of that, when prayer is made, that anything can be done. Anything is possible. So really, you can understand why, if there are fractured relationships between me and my brothers and sisters, why it hamstrings the body of Christ. I don't need anybody. I just go all by myself and pray and bless God, I can get it done. You'll only go so far because you can't violate what Jesus said is the truth. And he said, think about it. When we come together, like right now, and we're, we're in fellowship with one another, he says, I'm there. Jesus is here right now. Oh, well, I don't feel no goosebumps. Well, what's that got to do anything? He didn't say, when you come together and you have a goosebump, I'm there. He said, if you come together, if two or three come together in my name, that means what? There's a relationship there. That means I don't have anything against you. You don't have anything against me. One of the reasons we don't sense and see that presence of Jesus worked out many times in the body of Christ is because of fractured relationships. You know, half is mad at this half, and that half's mad at the preacher, and everybody's mad at everybody. Come on. Somebody did you wrong. Oh, my gosh. That's never happened before. I mean, it, sometimes we just get all indignant like, you know, nobody, you know, nobody's ever been done wrong in all the annals of human history but me. And I know nobody's ever been done as badly as me. Come on. No, that's called relationships. If you're in a relationship, you know what? As we're walking this out, because none of us are perfect yet, there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be problems that arise. Misunderstandings, miscommunications. Sometimes, you know, my f I follow the flesh instead of the spirit. I act selfishly. <laughs> Y'all just left me up here all on my own to do that, didn't you? <laughs> but that's, it fractures, whatever it may be. So this is where the Bible says we need to what? Learn to forgive one another. Why? Because we need the presence of God in that, that, that community sense. He said, we're two or three together together. He said, there I'm in the midst. And he said, in that situation, when the relationship is right, when forgiveness is flowing, where love is flowing, and we're in right relationship, he says, my presence is going to be revealed when you pray. And he said, anything you ask for, I'll do it. Wow.
Christ's ministry is seen through our relationships. Learn, look over in Romans 15. Let's start with verse 1. We who are strong are to bear with the failings of the weak. Uh-oh. Well, if it's all about me, if we never come together, if I never build any relationships with my brothers and sisters, I ain't, how am I even going to know you have any failings, let alone help you in them? You know he's writing this to born-again, spirit-filled Christians, don't you? When he used that word failings, I know we don't like to talk about that in church because we all got it all together. <laughs> Not. He said, he said uh, you who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. You know, when you're by yourself, if you're like most of us, you just please yourself in that self time, don't you? You do what you want to do. Isn't that right? You don't, you don't have to put up with anybody's failings. You don't have to listen to anybody go on and on and on. Man, when I'm by myself, I get along with everybody. Big deal. What's that to brag about? Even the world does that, right? <laughs> but notice what he says. Not to please ourselves. He said each of us should please his neighbor for his good and to build him up. <clears throat> Most of us come to church to be built up, and that's fine. But do you ever think about coming not only to be built up, but to build up your neighbor? To build up your neighbor. I want to encourage other people. Yeah, I want to be encouraged, certainly. But I, want to, I also want to be known as an encourager. I want to encourage other people. You know, encouragement has nothing to do with how you feel. David, in the very midst of the worst situation, he's out, you know, doing the will of God. And he comes back. And man, you know what's happened? The enemies come in. Stolen everything he owns, burned his house to the ground, and kidnapped his family. Well, that's the time to shout. And if that wasn't bad enough, his whole ministry team was talking about stoning him. Putting it in modern terms. But it says in the midst of that, it says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And if you go on and read that, he eventually encouraged his team in the Lord, his mighty men in the Lord. Isn't that right? Do you think he felt like encouraging himself? If you read that context, it said they first sat down, he said they cried. Now, these are some tough men. I mean, these, one of these guys that was following him went, went down into a, a, a pit and hand-to-hand hand hand with a lion and killed him. These were not weak men. These were strong men. And it says they cried until they couldn't even, they had no more tears. Now that is somebody that is hurt. Isn't that right? But he said they encouraged himself. One of the reasons relationship in the body of Christ is so important is what? We need one another to encourage one another. See, this is why we don't, see, in the American church, we, we, you know, we come at the last minute, and as soon as the last amen's it, we're out the door. 
I'm going to come down there and say, you're preaching it, Pastor. <laughs> we ain't got two minutes to give to our brothers and sisters. You're right about that. Relationships. See, I'm telling you why they're important. And it's not just because, oh, hey, I saw Bill and Susie. At the... Listen, he says Christ's presence is revealed through our relationships. Shouldn't that make it valuable? Shouldn't that make it important? Surely that would at least deserve five minutes out of your most important busy weekly schedule. Christ's ministry is seen through our relationships. And then thirdly, Christ's power is released through our relationships. Look over in Ecclesiastes. That's on page 593 in my Bible. Right after Proverbs. Everybody knows where Proverbs is, I'm sure. Listen to this. Um, we're talking about relationships, and, I'm, you know, and I'm, I want us to understand that as the people of God, the body of Christ, it goes far beyond just, you know, uh, you know us, us meeting and, you know, talking about our favorite sports team. Nothing wrong with that. I do that too. But it's more than that. It's us realizing that we are vitally connected through Christ Jesus and that, that our relationship is also helping the presence, the ministry, and the power of Jesus to be re released in Passion Church corporately to accomplish God's plan for our city. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, he said, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friends can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, here's the thing I want us to get. Jesus said, when at least two of you come together, he said, I'm going to be in the midst. Through relationships and the presence of Jesus, he becomes the third cord. And he said, a threefold cord, what is that? You and I in relationship, Jesus in the midst of that, he said, that threefold cord is not easily broken. It's not easily overcome. It's released through relationships as we worship together, as we're serving one another, encouraging one another, as we're praying and praying for one another. All of these serve to what? Create what? A, a relationship building, a strength for us here at Passion Church. See, we're committed to one another, aren't we? Not because you've got it all together, not because I've got it all together, but because God has drawn us together in Passion Church as a part of His family, and we're developing these relationships with one another so that what there's a strength that comes out of our worship, out of our serving, out of our encouraging one another, out of us praying for one another, out of us bearing one another's weaknesses, failings. What? Do we become a part of that threefold cord? 
Now, let me take just a, a, a couple of minutes here. I want to talk about healing fractured relationships within God and his family. Because, you know, like I said, if, if you know, somebody says, well, I never have a problem with anybody. I can tell you some, you don't, probably don't have any close friends. Because all the friends I got, they know what I'm like. And all the friends I got, I know what they like. And none of us are perfect. But so, so there's going to be a fracture. At times, there's going to be fractured relationships. It might be between husband and wife, and we're going to talk about that later this month. But th- there's a fractured relationship. If, if, if there's something between you and God, you know, first thing is, uh, I would say, is no more hiding. You know, we have built up in the body of Christ. You know, uh, let me just back up. Most of you remember in, uh, in Genesis 1, God created Adam and Eve, and he created them to have fellowship. He came down in the cool of the day. He walked with them. He taught with them. That was what it was about. They, were, they had a relationship with God. They had a fellowship with God. They had a face-to-face, ongoing relationship with God, didn't they? Of course, we know through man's rebellion, Adam and Eve, they rebelled against God, didn't they? And they disobeyed God, and something called sin came into the into the planet, into their lives, and that sin separated them from God, didn't it? That fellowship that they had, that union that they enjoyed, uh, all of a sudden now that relationship is from a distance. It's not what it was. And see, there are times when we, 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 we may just sin like Adam did. We may do things we know that were wrong that were sinful. We need to get that right. Sometimes uh, it's just through neglect. Now, I'm going to go so far as to make a bold statement here, in my opinion, neglecting our relationship with God's sin. That's, that's, that's my opinion. You can't find that in Scriptures, but I believe I can prove it by the Scriptures. But we neglect, don't neglect God. So when there's a fractured relationship you know what adam and eve what they did they 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 immediately when god came down what did they do they hid they hid and in so many of our relationships with god and even with one another there's a lot of hiding going on in the body of christ you know why because it's not a place where we feel free to be open and transparent i'm not talking about with maybe with everybody but with somebody because we're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of being condemned. We're afraid that we won't be seen as perfect. Well, I got news for you. We already know you're not perfect. <laughs> Turn over. I want to read a scripture here that I think may help you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're talking about healing fractured relationships. 2 Corinthians 3. Listen to this real quickly. Now, in this scripture, Paul is comparing the, the, the covenant under Moses, the law given by Moses, to the new covenant that we have in Christ Jesus. And he's talking about Moses coming down from the presence of God with the Ten Commandments and with other laws given by God. And you know, the glory of God was on him so strongly that he had to cover his face with a veil. Now, I'm giving you that background because I don't have time to read the whole chapter. He goes on to say in verse 15, Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we who with an unveiled with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, he talks about this veil. And he says that this veil, that Moses put it over his face because of the spiritual condition of Israel, they couldn't look upon the glory. Are you listening? So he said, there's a veil there. And he said, even to this day, when the law is read, that veil goes up. Are you listening? Because you can't see God through the law. One of the things in the church that has hindered us from becoming whole in relationships with God growing and one another as they are, is we hide behind our legalism. Oh, how are you, brother? Oh, I'm fine, 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 great. Couldn't be better. Nothing's better. Till you get in the car with your wife and you give her what for all the way home. Or the other way around. Come on. You're a bear to live with. But we see you in church. Oh, I'm great. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I just felt something. Come on. You know what we're doing? We're still hiding. We're still hiding. Because I'm afraid for you to know me. Not right? He said the veil comes up. See, when we come in, we can't see, we can't see one another, so we certainly can't see Jesus. Well, I can't see the work of Jesus in me because, you know, I'm putting that veil up. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm good. Everything's good. We're great, 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 great. I'm not saying that we've got to come in and vomit all over each other. But we should have somebody that we have a relationship with in Passion Church, if this is your home church, in the body of Christ, that we can be real with. We can be honest and open with them. And they can pray with us and they can help us and they can encourage us. And we them. So sometimes we hide behind legalism. Sometimes people are hiding behind shame. They've done things that they're ashamed of, so they hide. Hides everything. Oh, it's great. So what? You can't be transformed as long as you're hiding. Notice what he said. He said, he said it's only with an open face that we behold the glory and are transformed. But he said if we have a veil like Moses did over our face, he said nothing's seen. The glory, you don't, see, you don't see my warts maybe, but there's no glory revealed either. So sometimes we hide behind shame. Sometimes we hide behind self-righteousness. Yes, amen. I've got it all together. Glory to God. Nothing wrong with me. Sometimes it could be the pain like in rejection. So we don't get close to people. We're, see, we're still hiding. They, they hid with a fig leaf. We're hiding with something else. But notice he said, whatever we hide behind becomes a veil. And he says, now he said, until that veil is taken away, there's no transformation. I have to become vulnerable with somebody before God can deal with the thing that's keeping me from moving on in my relationship with him. No more hiding. We're free to become transparent and transformed, and we're free to be accepted. Listen to this. Listen. When we hide behind anything, when we hide, our transformation cannot proceed. We stop right there. 
I hide behind my shame. I hide behind my hurt. I hide behind legalism. I hide behind self-righteousness, whatever it is. We're hiding is because why did, why did they hide from God? They did not want God to see them as they really were. Why do I use all these things to hide from my brothers and sisters? I do not want anybody to really know who I am or what issue I might be dealing with. And I have to say this, partially in defense of that, is there's been so much in the body of Christ where if you, you said something to anybody, it was gossiped about instead of prayed about. Woo! Getting down to it now, aren't we? I mean, man, it, you know. The Bible says, love covers a multitude. Boy, if it just said one, that'd be good, wouldn't it? If we could just get enough love in the body of Christ to cover one sin. But he said, God's love covers a multitude. Whoo. <laughs> Glory. Thank God. Isn't that right? So we have this relationship. It's out of love so that we can be transparent so that God can use us as an instrument to help our brothers and sisters in the ongoing transformation of their life. That's why relationships are important. Now let me give you some action points here. I've got to close because I'm running out of time. Notice, let me read verse 18 again, though. And we who with unveiled faces, in other words, we're open. And listen, when you come to God in your relationship with God, be open with God. You say, well, God already knows everything. I know it, but He wants, it's good for you. It's good for you to be open with God. Man, if you want to throw up somewhere, that's the place to throw up, is in the presence of God, because He can handle it. Isn't that right? But, you know, it's in that relationship. I come to God. It's, I'm, I'm open. I'm, I'm real. I'm sincere. I don't, I don't allow, you know, duplicity to be in my heart and in my thinking. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, you can fool yourself. Are you listening? So this is why you want to be open and honest in that time with God is because what? You don't want any, you don't want to deceive your own self. Some action points for keeping your relationship healthy and whole with God and with the family of God. Number one, keep the lines of communication open. Keep the lines of communication, whether it's with God, you're spending your time with God, you're cultivating that relationship with God, keep the lines of communication open. Don't go days and days and days. I don't know how anybody can do it without any quality time with God. I don't know how you do that. If I get busy, man, I, man, something, I mean, you know, I just, I, I, I hear God in the cool of the day coming down in my heart and saying, hey, it's time to come aside. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, dad wants to spend, it's amazing to me. I, I don't get it, but he wants to spend time with me. I mean, there's times when I don't even want to spend time with myself. So I don't know why he wants to, but. But he does. He's love, isn't he? He knows I need it. But we keep the lines of communication open. Same thing with the body of Christ. If, if there's something there, listen, 
Anybody in here perfect, stand up. Listen, you know, just because someone's done something that maybe hurt us or offended us. Listen, you've probably done something that hurt and offended somebody else. At least one time in your life, right? So let's extend forgiveness. Let's, let's on purpose keep those relationships open. Because here's the thing. we already seen Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. That means what? In relationship. If we come in here and we're, half of us are mad at the other half and th- th- there's unforgiveness in our heart, then we wonder why we don't sense God here. Why doesn't God move more? Passion church. I want God to move. I know what we need to do. We just need to pray and fast more. I know what we need to do. We just need to get a, you know, a pastor that's really got it. You know, it might be that we might need to heal those broken relationships, those fractured relationships, and open up communication with one another again. Secondly, and, and, and maybe I should have put this one first, but humble yourself. The reason most relationships are never repaired is because one person will not do this. Remember I said about God was so, he, he so wanted to restore his relationship to man that, that Jesus just took all the blame? And that what Calvary's about? He took all our sin. He took all, uh, uh, you know, our sickness. He took all everything that we had done wrong. He took our rebellion. He took all our stinking attitudes. You just go on. To, he just took it on. He said, I'll take the blame. Even though I'm blameless, I'm speaking, you know, for him. He, he says, I'm blameless, but I'll take all the blame. You know, I've heard people more, well, I'll tell you what, if they'll ever come to me and admit that they was wrong, then, you know, maybe something will happen. I might forgive them. That's not, aren't you glad that's not the way God was? Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, being back in relationship with you is so important to the heart of God, to the love of God. He said, I'm going to take all the blame on myself. And when we humble ourselves in relationships, that's what we do. And even though you may know you have no blame, you want to heal that relationship because it's more important that my relationship with my brother and sister is healed than I be right. I mean, you know, we all want to be right. But we humble ourselves. You know what? You know, I I shouldn't have said what I said. You know, maybe, maybe I did something, you know, that that... That, that I wasn't considered or whatever, but I just humble myself. You say, wouldn't I be lying? No, you're walking in love. The Bible says, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. What well, was Jesus lying? Was he committing some kind of, no. See, I'm taking it on myself. Then thirdly, repent what is needed is repentance, not penance. You know, a lot of times when, when we miss it and, you know, our hearts are convicted, we, you know, the flesh wants to go into penance mode. Oh, God, I tell you, oh, you know, and we, you know, we want to beat ourselves up for a week before we repent. If I beat myself up, you know, if you look, especially in medieval times, they used to literally would do that. They'd, they'd have a, a whip or something and they'd just beat themselves. But, you know, we, don't, we may not do that literally, but we beat ourselves up all the time. And he says it's repentance. 
Repentance just means this. You know what, God? I acknowledge that I, I was wrong. That, if it's against God, God, that was a sin. Or if it's against a brother, I go to the brother. You know, that was wrong. Forgive me. And then we can move on. Instead of beating yourself up for a week or a month or something, and you, you still ain't got to repentance yet. Are you listening to me? And then finally, forgive and give forgiveness. Receive, give forgiveness, receive forgiveness. Jesus said, freely you've received. How many sins did God forgive you? How many is that, though? You got a number there? Have you totaled it up yet? I believe if all the calculators in all the world were used, I don't think it would, get, it would total them all up of all of us. Isn't that right? He said, freely you've been forgiven, freely forgive, freely you've received, free, freely give. Are you listening? With our brothers and sisters. Remember, Peter, you know, was getting all spiritual one day with Jesus. I mean, you know, if you, if you found out when you get in God's presence, don't try to be all spiritual with God. Woo, don't work out real good. But, you know, Peter was feeling especially spiritual. He said, Jesus, he said, how many times should I forgive my brother if he offends me? Three times? Woo, Peter, man, wow. Aren't you spiritual? Three times. Holy cow. I wouldn't want to have been best friends with Peter until he got a new revelation. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if our friendship would have lasted longer than a day if he's only going to give me three out, three strikes and I'm out. But Jesus said, no, he said, he said, Peter, 70 times seven. Boy, that just blew Peter's religiosity right out of the water, didn't he? And right after that, Peter said, Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it takes faith as well as love to forgive people, doesn't it? Especially if they've messed up more than once. Give forgiveness, receive forgiveness. You know, and when you need to be forgiven, allow it to happen. Allow it to happen. We need one another. We need to be in right relationship with God. I think that one's obvious. But I hope today that we've understood even better why we need a relationship with one another in the body of Christ. It's important to God and it's important to his church and it's important to you and I individually amen building relationships and relationships don't happen accidentally oh man I've got two or three accidental friends no and if you've got a really good relationship or with somebody it took some work it took some time it took some effort it took some forgiveness and receiving forgiveness, didn't it? Would you bow your heads just for a moment? If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, there, there's, I, need, I need to forgive someone. I need, to, I need to forgive someone. It may be here at Passion Church. It, it might not be. It might be someone in your family, someone close to you, whatever. You say, I really need to forgive them, you know. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And right now, in your heart, you need to forgive them. And I would encourage you to go to that person. After you've forgiven them before God, you go to that person. 
and you tell them, look, I, you know, I want our friendship and I want our relationship to, to, be, to be mended. I want it to be better than it is. And I just want you to know that, you know, I forgive you. Or if you know that you've done someone wrong and you need forgiveness, you humble yourself and you go to them. You go to them. Father, right now, this first prayer, I pray for those of us that need that relationship repaired maybe with a brother or sister in Christ, maybe with a family member, but whoever it may be. Father, I pray today that we will, we will give forgiveness, and if we need to go to our brothers and sisters, we will go to them and receive forgiveness and to, to mend that relationship, to not let another day go by without it being made whole and fresh and a new start there forgiveness coming on maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're out of fellowship with God maybe it, maybe it's just been through neglect you just got busy in life you, you, you know you just haven't had time for God but today I want to encourage you to go to God repent of that and just say Father forgive me I've allowed other things and the busyness of life to come in and kind of crowd out and hurt our fellowship that relationship and I'm sorry but I, today I want to I want to start it new I want to start it fresh if 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 you're in that situation while heads are bowed would you just raise your hand I'm not going to ask you to do anything I just know who I'm praying for hands thank you I see them I see them I see them thank you very much father you see these hands Lord, I'm so glad that we don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to do a whole kind of uh, penance and all those things. We simply come to you with a humble and a contrite heart and just say, Father, forgive me for neglecting our relationship, our friendship. Forgive me. And starting today with your help, I'm going to begin to build rebuild that relationship rebuild that fellowship so they can become strong and vital again thank you father in the name of jesus can you say amen well all this month we're going to be talking about building relationships we're going to be talking about family relationships in the home next week so i want to make sure you encourage but listen Let's work on purpose at building, keeping our relationship strong, and repairing any that might be needed. Amen? Pastor Walt's coming.
be here, invite folks to come out. Danny Johnson is, uh, if you don't know Danny Johnson or heard, been in one of his messages, it's a hoot. He's a different kind of uh, evangelist. evangelist. So uh, please come out and invite folks to come out with him. This has been a great day. You know, and just before we're dismissed, and if you're new to Passion Church or if you have, have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord with, with Pastor Norris, listen, after we're dismissed, come down to the stage and there'll be some prayer partners down to pray with you. Or if you just want someone to pray with you, just come on down and let's agree in prayer and build this relationship, begin to do this thing that Pastor Norris just, getting, just finished preaching to us and teaching us. Amen? Well, please stand with me, and we're going to go ahead and do our thing, and, and we'll be dismissed. Praise God for a great service today. Amen. God, we just thank you for the message of relationships, building relationships. We know it's all about you, and as we go and do our thing this week, Lord God, be a blessing. Let us be blessed by you this week as we be a blessing to others. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us that much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.